we're going to be going over a couple different topics today regarding um, regarding how hail forms, what's the difference between a warning and a watch. There's a lot of people out in the um, not in the weather community, but just the general public alone that do not know what a watch and a warning is. So we're going to go through some uh, weather 101 basics, just so everyone knows. Uh, most people that's going to watch this will already know. I'm just going over it um, and uh, everything. So, so the first one we're going to get to is how hail forms. And I'm doing these segments on here so people can be more informed and weather aware and everything about what's going on. And we're going to get some really cool stuff. So, all right, we're going to go to this subject here. How does hail form? So, hailstones are formed when raindrops are carried upward by thunderstorm updrafts. So, the higher the updraft, normally the bigger the hailstone, normally, depends. Into extremely cold areas of the atmosphere and freeze, hailstones and grow by colliding with liquid water drops that freeze onto the hailstone surface. If the water freezes instantaneous when cooling with the hailstone, cloudy ice will form as air bubbles will be trapped in the newly formed ice. However, if the water freezes slowly, the air bubbles can escape and the new ice will be clear. So that's when sometimes you get hailstones that are kind of murky look kind of like murky looking that's kind of like uh that's the, that explains that so uh so the hail falls when the thunderstorms updrafts can no longer support the weight of the hailstone which can occur if the stone becomes large enough for the updraft to weaken so basically what that means is you have amount of uh energy being lifted up into the thunderstorm once you have a certain amount basically of weight the hailstones that the weight of the hailstones becomes heavier than the actual energy being lifted up into the thunderstorm itself that becomes heavy so they drop it's like um, yeah so Hailstones can have layers of clear and cloudy ice. If the hailstone encounters different temperatures of liquid water cooled content, conditions of thunderstorm, the conditions experienced by hailstone can change as it passes horizontally across or near an updraft. The layer, however, do not occur simply due to the hailstones going through up and down cycles inside of thunderstorms. The winds inside a thunderstorm aren't simply up and down. Horizontal winds exist from either a rotating updraft, like a supercell thunderstorm, or from the surrounding environment, environments horizontal winds. Hailstorm, hailstones also do not grow from being lofted to the top of the thunderstorm. At very high altitude, the air is cold enough below minus 40 degrees that all liquid water will freeze into ice, and hailstones need liquid water to grow into an appreciable size. So, um, for example, uh, when I was down in Oklahoma, when uh, Moore, Oklahoma, Norman, that area had those massive, massive hailstone, hailstones, hailstorm. Um, basically, what that was is you had a 
what I like to call uh, wind intensified hail. Basically, you have massive hailstones coming down. Uh, baseball size hail normally comes down at a speed of about 105 to 110 miles per hour. That's the weight, that's the height from what they're falling at, the momentum coming down, the increased speed minus any type of friction law, friction uh, that it encounters. Uh, but what, what happens when you get wind coming down to the surface, shooting down with the hail, is you actually have um, the hailstones coming down in excess of 120 to 140 miles per hour. So you have a baseball-sized hailstone coming down at 140 miles per hour that's induced by the actual flow of the wind coming down to the surface at the exact same time. Sometimes it's hard to get that because it's got to come down at the exact same time. So that's usually, uh, usually happens because you have such weight in the uh, cloud base up top where it's forming and you have everything come down at once. So every storm is not the same, but I've seen quite a few over the past 16 years that are indicative of that. Here's a fun one. This is what I like. So, how fast does hail fall? And this is very important, especially for chasers that may not know. Um, it's a very complicated answer. This, the, this, the fall speed of hail primarily depends on the size of the hailstone. The friction between the hailstone and the surrounding air, the local wind conditions, both horizontal and vertical, and the degree of melting in the hailstone. So, early research... Uh, assumes that hailstones fall like solid ice spears and slowly uh, I'm sorry spears and showed very high fall speeds even with very small hailstones our recent research outside of National Severe Storms Laboratories using 3D printed casts of real hailstones suspended in a vertical wind tunnel has repeatedly shown that the natural hailstones fall more slowly than the ice spears for small hailstones one inch or less in diameter expected fall speed is between 9 and 25 miles an hour. Railstones that would typically see in a severe thunderstorm 1 inch to 1.75 inch in diameter. The expected fall speed between 25 and 45 miles per hour and the strongest supercell, strongest supercells that produce some of the largest hailstones might ex one might expect to see 2 even 4 inches in diameter. Anywhere between 65 and 72 miles per hour. But that goes Anything exceeding four inches in diameter is about a hundred. Now, this right here is actually old context. This is very outdated, um, and it's a proven. It's actually been proven many, many, many times in the community that you can have hail falling at 110 miles per hour. Baseball size is what I'm speaking of right now at that speed. Then you add a, a microburst or a, uh, a, a very significant microburst, excuse me, to that, and you can uh, normally increase it conservatively with many different factors between 15 and 25 extra added onto that. So, what areas have the most hail? Although Florida has the most thunderstorms, Nebraska, Colorado, and Wyoming usually have the most hailstorms. The areas where these three states meet, Hale Alley, some people call it, average 
seven to nine hail days per year. Other parts of the world that have damaging hail storms include China, Russia, India, and Northern Italy. Um, how large can hail get? Largest hail snow in recovery in the United States of Vivian, South Dakota on June 23rd. Diameter, diameter of eight inches and a circumference of 18.62 inches and weighed one pound, five ounces. I don't know. I haven't checked in to see if that's been broken yet because I know down in uh, um, Texas there was a very large hailstone. I know that um, I know that uh, Tim Marshall was going down there. That actually went down there to to uh, survey it. So hailstones can get bigger than grapefruit size. The chart goes from pea, mothball, penny, nickel quarter, ping pong, golf ball, tennis ball, baseball, teacup, softball, and grapefruit. But I've seen them way bigger than grapefruit. I have. And that was down in uh, Texas when I was down there this year. So now we're going to go ahead and go over to, this is a very big topic. We've got hurricane season. We're in it. We're a little early in the season right now. We've got uh, Invest 93 uh, that is in the Gulf of Mexico right now. As some forecast models are saying anywhere between 4 and 12 inches of rain in Louisiana, parts of far eastern Texas, and Mississippi, Alabama, depending on the track, that will change. We're going to go into that right now. So, I have also some my two cents on this as well based off my my intercepts I did last year the six different hurricanes so if you're told to evacuate immediately you need to do so usually if that's the case you got a few minutes to respond um, especially if it's a uh, by uh, emergency management so uh, EAS NOAA uh, now I'm going to get to this. Do not walk, swim, or drive through floodwaters. So, a lot of the waters down in Texas and Louisiana will contain alligators. Um, and they're already going to be agitated. Alligators get tossed out of their natural habitat, their natural environment. And they have a, they're very territorial. So when they are pushed out of their environment, they become extremely agitated. You can go up to an alligator and say, hey buddy, poke it on the shoulder. <laughs> and it may not even, it might not, it might not even bother, you know, you might not even get attacked. But you try doing that in a hurricane, after a hurricane, that thing's gonna bite your arm off. And you're not even gonna be able to tap it on the shoulder. It's gonna turn around and it's gonna bite your arm off. Uh, not only that, but you're looking at Debris. You're looking at uh, wall studs, springs, um, shingles. Very sharp things. Very you know unsafe things in the water, floating around. Oil, uh, gases, uh, chemicals. Um, so another thing, um, if you're in your vehicle, you get stuck, you get trapped, get on the roof. Break out the front window, break out the back window, whatever one you need to do, do that. Um, also, here's another good idea for people on the Gulf Coast, East Coast. Alright, so if you're in your house and you're in the middle of the hurricane, right, cat one and above, your lower level starts to flood. Don't go all the way up to the top immediately. 
If you have a two-story or three-story house, what's going to go first? Your roof is going to go first. So what you want to do is, is um, you want to go to the area of your house. First level floods, go to the second level. Second level floods, don't go to the third level, go halfway in between the third level and the second level. Because the roof blows off, you're going to get debris that's going to come and, and swipe, side swipe you. Um, and then if that's the case, find a room that's secure and a little bit, you know, it has an has a, has a outside window, has access to an outside window in case you need to get up on the roof. Try to do something like that if you got it. So, um, another thing, people never drive around barricades. These barricades are put in by people who are very well experienced, usually the fire department, emergency management. They know what they're doing. Don't drive around it. If you drive around it and you get in there, you're going to get a ticket. And um, it's going to be a very hefty ticket. For uh, Also, you're putting other people in danger. So, uh, the other thing is, right here, um, snakes and other animals. I already went over that. This is when you're going back to your house. Avoid wading in floodwaters, which can be contaminated by dangerous debris. I already went over that. Um... So now we're going to go over to this one right here. Basically, we're going to talk about watch some warnings. Yes, I know this is... Most people know what a watch and a warning is, all right? But I'm going to go through it anyway because everyone needs to know about every different little thing, you know, going on. And that's part of what I love doing is being informative and spreading information around. So, for people that do not know what a watch and a warning is, a watch means that the potential exists for the development of severe thunderstorms or tornadoes, depending on the specific type of watch issued. Specific type of watch issued. Now, there is a, what I like to call, it's a PDS. They're not issued very often. If you are underneath a PDS watch, which stands for a particularly dangerous situation, that means the environment is absolutely primed to produce. Whether it be winds in excess of uh, 75 miles per hour and higher, hail three inches or larger, and long-lived, long-tracked, strong, violent tornadoes. Usually that's the parameters, depending on the atmospheric conditions. Now, does that mean you're gonna get one? No, it doesn't. Does that mean that you can let your guard down and say, hey, I live here, haven't got one in 25 years. Well. That 26th year mark may be the time you get a very large tornado and you probably wished you would have went and took shelter. Alright, so severe thunderstorm warning indicates that severe weather is imminent in your area or is already occurring based off either human observation or Doppler radar. Now, also, for being in this community for about 16 years now, intercepting numerous, countless storms, documenting, researching, I have had, this year alone, I have had nine tornadoes develop and reach the ground with proof, photos, videos, got them all, um, in a non-warned severe thunderstorm, just a, just a regular storm, just a regular cell, 
that did drop a tornado. I've had it happen eight times this year. And it can happen either, and also if conditions are right, you can get a tornado well before they issue a tornado warning and a severe thunderstorm warning. If conditions are right, you can get one and they can drop very fast. Um, normally it takes a little bit for a tornado to drop. That's not always the case. People always ask me, how fast does one drop to the ground? Well, it depends. Um, down, in Ver down in Petersburg, Texas, I deliberately made a right-hand turn to get into and intercept and drive through the core of a tornado that I had seen about a minute before. It dropped, and I, I counted it down, it dropped in 27 seconds. It dropped from the, from the, from the area of rotation all the way down, made ground, ground contact in 27 seconds. The tornado was moving at 46 miles per hour. I was moving at about 60. Deliberately, I intercepted it and I drove right through it. And I got very good data from it. So, it was a weak EF1 tornado. I drove 60 miles an hour through that tornado. And I'll tell you what right now. If you're not experienced in doing that, do never ever attempt it. It is absolutely dangerous. You've got to handle your car a certain way. There's a way you have to drive in those conditions. And there's you make one bad move, a slight adjustment to your steering, you're going to flip your entire car and you're going to get rolled. There's a very, very unique way of doing that. I hope this was informative. I'm going to be doing a lot more of this. I'm going to have some more time. I hope everyone enjoyed this live. And please share it so other people could be aware of it now. And be aware of you know certain uh, situations that may arise. You know They have to deal with. So... They may remember it. They may retain it. If they do, that's great. Um, Y'all have a good night. Be safe and relax.